about the random life, sports, and Utica on ESPN Utica Rome. This right here, this rambling, boring conversation containing already made-before observations, this could be a podcast. Rants about the random. Really? A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Rants about the random. Podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Rants about the random with Scoop and Rain. Rants about the random. Rain. Me, Scoop, going to talk about Utica, going to talk about sports, going to talk about life, and occasionally rant about one or all three. Yes. One or the other. How you doing, Rain? It's been a while since we've done one of these. You had a medical issue with your son, which you've talked about a little bit on the air on K-Rock. That kind of preoccupied you, obviously, for a while. I'm sure you're preoccupied with it, even today, at least to some degree. Yeah, it took, well, it took me out of work for about three weeks. And we spent, I think it was about 10 days at Upstate and the Gallus Island Children's Hospital. Uh, but I did, as far as you're concerned in this storyline, first of all, you had reached out when it happened. And then you, you, you'd kind of given you some space to kind of handle your family, which I greatly appreciated. But I do remember, and I'll never forget, actually, uh, walking back into the door the, the first day back. And you didn't say a word. You got up. And you walked over and you gave me a massive bro hug. I will never forget that. And I could sense the empathy and it was it was a situation. Uh, the hardest thing I think I've ever had to go through as a parent. I think any parent can empathize with that. We're probably going to shed some tears talking about this right now. But uh, I think that the lasting thing that I have, first of all, is if you ever have an issue with your child that involves their brain and as far as my son is concerned, you know, it was it ended up being a benign tumor that was roughly the size of an apple. It was over seven centimeters in diameter all the way around. His surgery was eight and a half hours. And what a terrifying thing to go through. We it all started scoop with God. my my seven year old daughter. The kids are kids. They're playing around. She kicks him in the head. We think he's concussed. We run him down to the emergency room on a whim or just a freak thing. The doctor says we don't normally do this. We, they just tell you how to treat a concussion, but they had a weird sixth sense or something. And the doctor said, we're just going to run a quick scan. We're sitting there for a little while. Midnight strikes on the clock on Friday, the 13th in October. And the doctor comes back in and the look on his face, we immediately knew there was something going on that we weren't going to like. And he breaks the news and he says, we found a mass on your son's brain and we both lost it. My, my wife just burst into tears. I don't know how I reacted. I was in shock. I do know that about an hour and a half later, I was, they were so concerned with the size and the pressure and the f- fluid building up in his brain, they wanted to stabilize him, but they wanted to get him out to the best facility around here, which was in Syracuse. So we were in a helicopter, and we dropped down on Upstate at about 2.30 in the morning. They put him on some medicine, steroids, and other things. Let me just uh, sidetrack you for a second. Yeah. Uh, how was he for the helicopter ride? Did he look like look at it like it was an adventure? Was he asleep? Was he in so much pain that none of that mattered? I mean, how was he? How, that might be something you would think would be exciting for a kid. Two years old, at that at that hour, I think that he Dark, was... maybe he couldn't even tell. I think he was tired, and I think he was confused. And he was he was latched on to me the entire way out. And But then we obviously had to set him up and strap him in, in the bed. And he just kind of looked at me. He held my hand the whole time, and he, he kind of drifted off. And when we landed, about it took about twenty five minutes. Believe it or not, we were in, we were on the roof of the hospital in 
under 25 minutes. And he just, you know, it was just held his hand all the way. We had to leave him there. They had all the different machines and things hooked up to him and IVs and whatnot. And he, he didn't want to be there. I mean, he just I'm didn't sure want to be didn't there. Want to be there. That's, that's for sure. No clue what was going on. Uh, they had a neurologist in within a couple hours. And that following Monday, he ended up having the surgery. I don't know if you realize how long of an increment of time eight and a half hours truly is. But when when you know your son's got the side of his skull broken open and they are taking out a pretty substantial tumor, it was it was unbelievable. Just like eight lifetimes. Yeah. It, and, 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 you know, he's he's had physical therapy, occupational therapy. He's done speech therapy. There's a couple more months of just some precautionary. But he seems to be doing okay. But with all evaluations, if you never believed in miracles and, you know, with reference to 1980 and the miracle on ice and hockey that we're going to get into in a second, trust me when I tell you, I don't know if there is a higher power or not, but I do believe in miracles because something happened that, that saved this kid's life. It could have gotten progressively worse. The doctors basically said, if we didn't catch it by that freak thing, yeah. of your daughter kicking your son, then this could have been a lot worse. You could have found him. You, you literally could have found him anywhere from from passed out, starting to have seizures, or just not breathing one day, and that would have been the end of it. So if it didn't happen, who knows where life would be right now? Well, regardless of anyone's spiritual, religious perspective, there is one thing I do believe, and, and maybe others don't, but I believe that we can collectively you know, hope and pray and try to will something into being. And I think there's an energy that you can radiate a positivity. That when, so when people get together and they actually think about your son and maybe pray, yeah, I kind of like to think that can do a little good. Well, and that, that everybody pulling together, I think you can affect something positively by just visualizing a good outcome. I 100% agree with you, and, and I'll, I'll add to that. It starts from you, um, Mimi, who works with us here at the radio station, who reached out to me either with a phone call or a text message every single day this was going on, and some days more than once. Um, the positive feedback and vibes and energy that I was given from every single person Every single person that works in this company in our Syracuse and Utica offices was overwhelming, to say the least, and you could feel it. Uh, then you could look at members of my family, and I'll give you one example. My Aunt Lynn, who lives in Rochester, who is a, a very devout woman, okay? Uh, she does not press her beliefs on anybody, but she has what she likes to call the Facebook army and a prayer chain that she put together. Uh, this is just one example of many that I could cite, but... She had people across this country, and I mean coast to coast, north, south, east, west, praying for my son. And we, we sat there overwhelmed in the hospital, and you could feel that something, as to your point that you were alluding to, was happening that was far bigger than us. And, and I kind of like to believe we're all sort of plugged into something. Yeah. And that maybe we can send positivity into the ether. At the same time, and that it can join all those good wishes and all that goodwill can sort of channel together and try to affect a positive change. Well, you've you've met my son, first of all, and uh, he's he's a good kid. He's just a great, sweet boy. And he, he now has uh, the remnants 
of the surgery. He's, he's got a, you've seen a, the pictures, yeah. you've seen it. He's got a big old scar on his head, but overall, he's had a great attitude. He's come through it really well. It's a, it's very, it's a lot easier to talk about it now with the outcome that he had as opposed to, you know, what would have been a worst case scenario. But yeah, he he's he's my hero. The kid is strong. The, the kid is amazing. He smiles. He laughs, and he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's got this thing that itches on his head sometimes right, right. now. And the the doctor that saved his his life, uh, Doctor Krishnamurthy was his name. I'll never forget the morning of the surgery. We're sitting in there and we're getting ready for them to take him in, and he just kind of wanders up and he's like, uh, "So we're going to do some surgery." And I said, "You are so." bleeping calm right now and i dropped the f word and he just he said yeah it is this is just what i do and i was like it was as relaxed as it is for me to crack a mic and broadcast with you it's just what you do every day did that relax you a little bit he, maybe just a just a tiny little inkling i turned to my wife <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how much more relaxed you could get in that moment it may, it may not be possible but well i you know and you know mrs rain the I, confidence I, had to be a small degree of comfort i would imagine Turned right to her, and I said, "I don't know why that made me feel so much better." That reaction right there—it was—it was like nothing. I go, "You." I, I turned back around to him and I said, "You're as relaxed right now as I am. Like you're just like I'm pouring my coffee in the morning, just kind of wandering in there. Hey, what's going on? No big deal. Uh, the guy's done hundreds of them though, so it, he couldn't have done a better job. Couldn't ask for more. Uh, for the record, Scoop and I have very rarely been making eye con- making eye contact during this portion of rants about the random because every time we do we both get a little welled up with well, tears. I'm tearing up here I, I i've been biting my lip and not looking at you on purpose um yeah it was it was a, a surreal experience to say the least but uh, well obviously you're grateful for all the uh, positive wishes and in, incredible uh, in, and the outcome and thankful and grateful to everybody at the hospital it reprioritized myself uh, my children my wife my family and me and i will tell you one thing with all the divisiveness that is happening in this world which we're going to get to in our randoms portion by the way a little tease for some scoop has for you yeah we we were forgetting our humanity but let me just tell you something on social media we're forgetting our humanity whether it's in in this community in in this country or in this world there are a lot of bad people okay but let me just verify for you there are more good people left in this world we're all only human. We all make mistakes. But let me tell you something. There is a lot of decency left in this world. Trust me. I felt it in, in, in a massive, massive way going through this situation with my son. Well, a lot has happened in the sports world since we last spoke and since you had to deal with all that. That's for sure. Uh, we've got the U.S. women's hockey team winning gold. Uh, Canadian player takes off the silver in disgust. I was discussing that with Matt Page earlier today, and I likened it to the Russian team that lost to the Americans in 1980. That Russian team had won and won and won and won. And when you're that dominant, when you're that much of a dynasty, and you finally lose, it's got to be kind of disgusting because you're the guys that blew it. You know? Yeah, Team U- Team Canada has won. Uh, they have they have had a, a pretty substantial run of 16 straight years and four straight gold medals, sandwiched between the very first one, which was 98, that Team USA won. Interestingly enough, uh, Tony Granato, the Team USA women's coach, his sister, Cami Granato, was on that team. But, yeah, it, it was... It, 
it's it's not going to go over well in Canada. Let's put it that way. I think there was an expectation of we're going to win this and it didn't happen. Well, and this is the anniversary of the Miracle on Ice as well. Yes, Lake it is. Read some great stuff. It's a nice piece in the Utica Observer Dispatch today that I read. And, you know, I watched, I've posted on Facebook the final minute of the game. Can I, can I it's, give it's Still, that brings tears to my eyes. It sure does. And, and to your point, can I give you some breaking news? I was emailed about two hours ago the phone number of a certain person that I and and I broke the ice when I initially emailed him to make contact by saying I would like to thank you sir for the lifetime memory when I was seven years old I watched you score the goal against the Russians in 1980 in the living room of my grandfather's house and I have that memory with him for the rest of my life and I can still feel the tingles in my hands remembering the excitement in my house and my grandfather and I watching that and we forget that they went on and they had to beat team uh, Sweden to actually get the gold. But that, that was an unbelievable moment. I'll never forget it as long as I live. So I break the ice with Mike Arruzzioni. He sends me back his phone number, and I'm pretty sure we'll have him on the phone on Sunday on, wow. ES, on ESPN Utica Rome. I thought it's fitting with Team USA and the women and, and, and where that program and that portion of Team USA hockey has gone. And, and then, of course, I don't care what anybody says, even with or without the NHL player scoop. The simple fact of the matter is I, w- I was watching at 2 o'clock in the morning. They they lost to the Czech Republic. I'm talking about the men's team now. And they didn't advance to the medal round, but I couldn't have been more proud to support that team. There were some kids on that team. They played their asses off. Bobby Sanguinetti. Bobby Sanguinetti. Chad Billens, former Utica Comet. Milos Bubella played on the Slovakian team who played here for the Comets for a short time. And... You, you don't crap on your country. This is the Olympics. It's every four years. This is a lifelong dream for it takes some people. a lot to get there, just yes, to get there. Yes, it does. And I couldn't have been more proud of their performance, win, lose, or draw. And I'm never going to crap on my country. Uh, that's that's my soapbox on that. Well, I guess that transitions us to our Utica Comets, who last night lost a game to Lehigh Valley. Not their best game of the year. You text uh, me that it was Thatcher's pretty much his worst performance of the, well, of the I, season. Well, I think so. You, you give up five goals, you know, six ultimately, but one was an empty netter. But you give up five goals on uh, 25, 24 shots, whatever it was. You aren't going to win. Like a, sh- a goal every four shots. You know, and I, I, I do think that the team in front of him had something to do with that. But I'm sure there's a couple of those he'd like to have back. Uh, and, you know, every now and then, as you texted me, you're going to have a clunker. You're just going to have a night where you're a little bit off. Everybody has a day, Scoop. And uh, last night, that was <laughs> that was not the Comets night. It was one of those bad days for the Comets. They do have some health on the horizon. Jamie Cyphers is out with a little tick-tack injury. Carter Banks is getting close, and he's missed a lot of games but we've seen the return of Griffin Molino. We, we've seen the return of Reed Boucher from Vancouver, even though three of our guys are still up there. Uh, these guys will all be back with reinforcements. The AHL released uh, basically the probability that every team is going to make the playoffs uh, by letting you know magic numbers. The second lowest magic number in the American Hockey League is the Utica Comets at 25, and I believe it's Toronto has is at 16. Lehigh Valley, uh, they're pretty much a lock as well. They're leading the Atlantic Division scoop. That's a damn good hockey team. Uh, they, yeah, I neglected to mention that. Yeah, you, it's not like they lost to a cream puff like the B-Devs, the Binghamton Devils who suck this year. Let's just be honest. That's a team you should beat every time. There were some Lehigh Valley fans who made the trip to Utica sporting the gear 
And, you know, when Tom Coyne announces the the goal from the opposition, uh, the Utica fans yell, who cares? I'm well, surprised then, like, they didn't throw something at him. And then that, <laughs> there was the, the pocket of Lehigh Valley fans who yelled, we do! Um, you know what? I'm glad they travel well. This is why hockey is such a great sport. We had about 80 people go to Wilkes-Barre Scranton the other day for that game, and you could hear them in the broadcast when when the Comets would uh, would score their goals, too. But unfortunately, the streak of 16 games with a point came to an end. I was hoping they'd get to 17. You know what? At least there's not a focus on it anymore. They just play hockey. They're, you're going to lose a game here or there. Uh, this team has positioned itself very well, second overall in, in, in division. And, and really, a streak like that can kind of distract you, a.k.a. the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. Let's just cite that as an example. The meaningless winning streak that yeah. they ended up having, and ultimately when they didn't beat the Yankees, it, it didn't mean anything yeah. last year. It's no. it's a good team, and I think that they have a chance to go far. There are reinforcements on the way. We've discussed this, whether it's you and me, whether it's with Andy Zilch on my Ada Zilch podcast, whether it's on Comets Insider or on Zill over on ESPN Utica Rome. The, the, this... This team gets reinforcements, some really good reinforcements to make a playoff run. Thatcher will be here for it. Darren Archibald will be back for it. Goldobin will be back for it. Boucher will be here for it. Philip Holm will be returned for it. And then you get Carter Banks healthy. You hope Wacey Hamilton stays healthy. Look at the depth on this team if that's the case. That's four lines. That's six solid defensemen. And that is, including Richard Bachman, two stellar goalies right now. Nobody has a better tandem than the Utica Comets do in goal. I tell you... I got this feeling about this team. You mean we're going to go do a broadcast in shorts again in June? I think we could be playing hockey in May here. I really do. We'll see what happens with the And I'm very happy to see how well Darren Archibald is doing in Vancouver. Warms my heart. Guy deserves it. When you think about the year he's had, you know, the, the injury. I mean, well, you know, camp. It looked like he might make the team then. This dude, if you remember, Scoop, this dude, to your point, had a birthday, got engaged, got called up to the Vancouver Canucks after getting smashed into the boards, turned sideways, and breaking his face. So you want to go from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs in the span of a few months? Not bad to be Darren Archibald right now. He deserves where he is. And I'm very happy to see uh, Cole Castles contributing like he is for the mm-hmm. Comets. Zach McEwen, we spoke with his parents if you haven't heard it on ESPN Sportzilla or Comets Insider, take a listen. Uh, great hockey fans and just a fun couple of people to talk to. Hey, we're Canadian, she said. And, and, <laughs> we uh, love hockey. You know, so I'm feeling really good about this team. I love the job Trent Call is doing. He's got to be in the conversation for AHL Coach of the Year, if not the leading candidate. Yeah, let's give the podcast, the Rants About the Random podcast, shout out to Ben Burnell, who covers the team for the Observer Dispatch because he echoed the same sentiments with Adam Comrie as when we had him a couple weeks ago up on up at Swifties for Comments Insider, basically saying the same thing you just did. And I think it's a consensus. A lot of people believe this. I think it's hard to argue who's done a better job with, I guess, more built-in excuses, but he doesn't seem to want to take them. There's been a lot of a lot of adversaries to success for the Utica Comets, yet nothing has stopped Trent Call from getting this team ready. He's done an amazing job. And uh, those podcasts on ESPNUR.com. Make sure you check out Comets Insider. Rants about the random will be there. 
uh, the ESPN Sportzilla show, of course, as well. So, uh, by the way, if you want to hook up with me or Scoop on Twitter, uh, that's I think that's where we're most active in social media at Scoop 16 for you at K Rock Rain for me. I'm Scoop 16 on Tumblr. Also Scoop 16 on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm Scoop 16 on Facebook, but I'm going to go off on Facebook a little bit. People complain about the trolls on Twitter, but I seem to be able to better be rid of them on Twitter than I am on Facebook. But we'll get to the end of that. I don't want to get into that. Don't get me started on that yet. Yeah, if you get heavy on your on your first rant in the randoms here, when we get to that section of the podcast, then I'm going to have to go off on DJ Khaled because I'm getting set up by our good friend Matt Page who helps us out with Sportzilla with pretty much everything we do. He's a glue guy for us, but he is set to troll me hard because I went off yesterday. DJ Khaled? I went, is, is trolling, it's going to troll you? No, Matt Page is trolling me about DJ oh, Khaled oh. because I am not a fan and I he got me started. He was poking at me yesterday and I went off about DJ Khaled because I think he's crap. I just, I think he's crap. For so many ways. I went off for like 20 minutes. I've been watching Hot Ones with Sean Evans where they eat the wings and they get the progressively hotter uh, wing sauces on there. And DJ Khaled tapped out. Screw you. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He's What a fake. Sasha Banks, the best one on the whole damn show when it comes to eating that hot stuff. Better than any of the guys. And there's five seasons worth of episodes. I haven't got through all of them. Kevin Durant on that show. Yeah. Fantastic. Kevin Love on that show. Fantastic. Those are some of the first ones I watched. Check that out online on YouTube. Great DJ, show. Hot ones. DJ Khaled is fake. He's a poser. Wow. I am going to step back right now because, wow. dude, I'll go off. I was standing up, like, stomping my feet, practically throwing crap yesterday. All right. I like Khalid better with the uh, location. Oh, that dude's way better. Yeah. He's got talent. DJ Khaled's a, a voice. joke. What a voice on there. Yeah, we're the best. Yeah, DJ Khaled. Scream it every 10 seconds in every song that you do. You don't write anything. You're crap and you ruin that Rihanna. I'm, I'm not even getting started. Post Malone? Better than DJ Khaled? Of course. All right, there we go. Of course. He's playing a Lakeview, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's playing Lakeview Amphitheater. Imagine Dragons is going to crush the Lakeview Amphitheater, by the way. They're one of the biggest bands going right now. One of the biggest bands of last year. And and rock guys, pardon me, I'm chewing my words. Rock guys, okay? Metal guys. They don't rock. Yes, they do. You're, Aren't they the Thunder and the Lightning song? That not that them? But they've got... That's some, the UC Pioneers video, which is so fantastic that they did. You got some punch and some pop with this band, too. Don't think for two seconds it's some, like, pop-ish rock band. This band will throw down. Trust me. It, haven't you seen that video the Pioneers did? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, it's <laughs> great. It's one of the best... Uh, Promotions for a team I've ever seen. We'll get into them a little bit later here as well. All right, so where were we here? The Rants about the Random Podcast, well, Scoop and Rain. We're working our way through hockey, obviously, so we probably got to get to the Vegas Knights, who yeah. are an amazing story this year. And they're going to be a formidable opponent for anybody in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, I'm thinking about this, too. You know, you're... you're you're drafted in the expansion draft to go to Vegas, okay? And you're thinking, like every expansion team, this team's going to suck. Hey, but at least I'm in Vegas. Now, there's the temptation of the cons- the casinos, but any other market that you've played in in your professional career, there haven't been casinos. So to stay out of trouble, just don't go to the damn casinos. Just pretend they're not there. Other than that, the facility is incredible, okay? And then the season builds, and this team ends up being good, 
Holy crap. Yeah. They're really good. Holy crap, you're one of the best teams in the NHL. Also, and they're, they're all these players from the island of misfit toys. But you know, the, here they are kicking everybody there. They have come together. And on a side note, their social media is awesome. Their social media people are hilarious. They, they That's the best social media going in sports and the best sports story going, period, in any sport. No expansion team in anything. Baseball, football, basketball or hockey does what these guys are doing. And shout out to our boy Dan Duval used to call the games for the crunch out there with what a great gig. So we had to give them some props. We got to give props to the Utica Pioneers because they play Newman on Saturday. And it's hockey day in Utica on Saturday because we've got a 2 p.m. game at the ABC, Utica College and Newman University. And then you've got the changed time for the Comets game with the Springfield Falcons how about 7.30 p.m.? How about the Comets, the AHL pro team, deferring to the Utica College Pioneers and Gary Heenan, Gary Heenan, the brain, as I like to call him, because of the job he's done. They know. We can all work together, right? Absolutely. But they know. Uh, what a stack team. Roman Amarato. I mean, you got D1 guys coming back to D3. We've talked about this before. Scoop, do you think, and I want your opinion on this, and I think that you heard the interview we did a couple weeks ago on Sportzilla with Gary Heenan about this subject. But do you think this program can sustain D1? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think so. What, what are some of your reasons behind it? Well, why wouldn't kids want to come play here in this amazing building? Check. I, I have been any number of places to watch hockey. I've been in some old school, beautiful, original six arenas like... Maple Leaf Gardens and the old Chicago Stadium. Joe Louis I've been Arena. in the United Center. I've been, you know, the Air Canada Center. I've been in a bunch of places, a bit minor league hockey places. And this venue we have here, the ABC, the Odd, is a true gem. Yep. It's just stunning. Now especially, it is stunningly beautiful. And why wouldn't kids want to come here and play and know that you've got an AHL team affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks that, that you know you're going to you know cross paths with these guys down there and people should know it's not just what you see on the outside and the renovations or inside of the arena the the renovations but it's downstairs in the locker rooms and everything else where that is also a state of the art facility with the, the training rooms and the locker rooms and on down the line. And the players come here. If, if they come here to play for the Utica College Pioneers, they're going to be the second biggest deal in town. The Comets are the biggest deal in town. Mm -hmm. But the reason the Comets are here is because of the success of that hockey program, the Utica College Pioneers, because they've been selling out games for a long time. If that doesn't happen, I don't know, as smooth as Rob Ash is, and as likable a guy is, I don't know if he can talk everybody into that needs to be talked into making this deal happen. I don't know if it necessarily works. That backstory allowed the Comets to be here. We do the simple math on this scoop. You go back about five years, that that leaves you at roughly, what was it, 20 years between AHL teams? But for 15 of those years, there was a team still drawing on the D3 level, 3,000 people a night in this arena, which when you turn around and you show Vancouver hockey works here, there's your proof. So good luck, UC Pioneers, and go Comets. All right, I think we've taken care of everything about Utica College hockey and hockey in general. We've, we've been everywhere. We've been international. We've been NHL. We've been 
AHL, we've been D3. They're number 10 in the country, by the way, and number one seed as they get into the playoffs. It was Newman who they play, right? You mentioned that. Yeah, Newman. Yeah. All right. So Newman. Newman. Seinfeld references. Well, that's, that's totally got to be up on the big screen at some point on Saturday afternoon. Newman. Newman. Hilarious character. I, I would play every, I would get every video clip I could get. Of that name being said with utter disdain and disgust. <laughs> Newman. And there's no character anywhere in any television show. Well, The Office had some Utica stuff in there, perhaps, but I don't think it was quite the same. Newman, that works. Baseball, real quick, I got to geek out on this. Spring training has started. Uh, the Yankees look like a monster. They have got all of these little small signings and trades from Danny Espinosa and some other guys where they're trying to not give the job to Miguel Andahar and Glaber Torres for second and third. Otherwise, they're stacked with all-stars everywhere else at this point, it seems like. And and yet, I still want those two to get those jobs. I mean, this is the big issue. Remember the Bronx Zoo with the New York Yankees? Yeah. It, yeah. Ain't, it ain't like that anymore. But man, I'm just very excited to have baseball back. I'm curious as to what Giancarlo Stanton's home run call is going to be with uh, it's baseball, Susan John Sterling. I think I just really wanted to talk about baseball so I could make fun of Susan Waldman. He was in Cuse like a week ago. You realize that? Yeah, yeah. I saw Rick DiIulio got his picture with him. Lucky dog. Yeah, I, they were like, from our uh, brother station over there, TK ninety nine. When uh, when our boss, Mister Krabs, first signed the affiliation deal to broadcast Yankee games for us to be the company that owns their rights, they had them in town, and I was asked, yeah, you know, Susan and. John are going to be in town. Would you like to meet them? And I was like, I have no desire. Him I could have dealt with. I have no desire to meet Susan Waldman. No, thank you. I just don't care. Ever care to meet like Michael Kay or any of those other guys? That, sure. That are synonymous with. It's just not you, though. Those you, two. You know who I, I love listening to them call the game. I'm not I'm not as anti-Susan as you are at all. I'm not anti-Susan. I actually kind of like her. I could deal with John Sterling. I'd like to meet Kenny Singleton, who does the games on Yes. not More so than Michael Kay. Michael Kay's kind of a sanctimonious son of a bitch. He's kind of a an elitist. He's kind of a little bit knows who he is. Kenny Singleton seems like a cool dude you could have a beer and drink some or drink a beer and talk some baseball with, where Michael Kay would make try to make you feel stupid like he knows more than you. Well, the thing that everybody's talking about with regards to my Cleveland Indians is of course that Chief Wahoo is going away. Yeah. And they've been talking about this since the nineties. You know, is it time talking about? I think it's time, which is blasphemy to say in some circles of northeastern Ohio. But you know they're going to sell the merch for one more year before they completely do away with it. But it's it, it just is time. It's been time. You know, I I have a, an Indians jacket with a Wahoo on it, and I'm not even comfortable wearing it anymore. Do the Braves need to do away with with themselves and, yes. the, and the Redskins? I, I went to Miami University in Ohio, and they were the Miami Redskins. I think they're the Red Hawks now, and they did away with the Redskin thing years ago. And th- I think the Redskin thing is worse than than Chief Wahoo, but okay. Uh, degrees of racially inappropriate sports teams' names. Uh, obviously, the Washington Redskins need to do the same thing. Uh, this whole appeal to tradition is not a, a logical, feasible argument. You know, just because something's been done wrong forever does not mean it should keep be done. Keep be uh, keep being done wrong. So. 
It's time, and I'm kind of tired of the whole argument, and I'm tired of people being so upset about it. Do you love the team or not? This shouldn't hinge on a cartoon character of an Indian. And the fact is, people want to go, well, it's named after a former Indian player. It was fuck Alexis. But if you really go back and look at Cleveland newspapers from the early earlier history of the team, there were those sort of inappropriate cartoons and newspapers and and things that were said and done that just would not fly today. We've evolved. Yeah, why can we not accept change and progress and things like that? Why do we have to have... It's not going to affect how I like the team. No, not at all. Yeah, and they've been phasing it off the uniforms in a lot of ways for 20 years now. If the Cleveland Indians without Chief Wahoo end up winning the World Series this year, is anybody going to give a fat rat's no. ass? Hell no. They no. won't care. And if the Washington Wizards won the NBA championship, is somebody going to sit there and go, well, it would have been better and meant more if there were still the Washington Bullets. Nobody's going to give a shit. Yeah, and and the Redskins got to stop being so incredibly tone deaf. Can I say one last thing about Major League Baseball and the return of spring training? First of all, the the, the exhibition games are going to start soon. Uh, but I want to direct this specifically to the Red Sox fans because this rivalry is back. The Yankees moved some payroll in order to make the Giancarlo Stanton trade. I'm not entirely comfortable with the, like, the last three years of this deal, but I'm going to be good for about seven years if he can remain relatively healthy. They can handle that. As it stands right now, they're $40 million below the luxury tax threshold of $197 million. And that does go up incrementally a little bit for the next few years. Now, they're probably going to go gangbusters when they reset their tax rate for next year. But I would like to point out that the Boston Red Sox went and signed a massive free agent contract with J.D. Martinez. This is a team and a fan base, those chowderhead massholes who like to go, oh, the Yankees and the evil empire and all this other bullshit that they spew, how they buy championships and everything else. You know what? Look in the mirror. Sit and spin and kiss my Yankee well, loving ass. Look in the mirror is exactly right. Look, how's the David Price signing doing for you? I called Brent Axe's goofy Red Sox loving ass out on that crap because that was a horrible signing. He's a freaking middle reliever making 30 freaking million dollars a year. Let me tell you something. Screw you. You're just like you accuse yeah. us of being, you hypocritical bastards. In fact, you're trying to be exactly like the Yankees. Yeah, you know, we got halfway. A 30- you're trying to do it the Yankee way. You're Twice. buying everybody. Well, we got 30 minutes into this podcast scoop before I realized, wait, this is the <laughs> podcast I can fucking swear. So I got it out of my system and leave that in. Uh ah. I'm not editing any of this because I'm good. too damn tired to. You, there's only two spots to edit when about three minutes ago when you and then about 20 minutes I'm ago. I'm probably going to leave that in there. When I too, we both had one. Hey, everybody has a day. We talked about that with Thatcher Demko and his bad night. So we're good. Yeah. Even, talking, even, let's see any of you out there talk for an hour without misspeaking. Well, those of you who like, like want to call everybody out on every single error that they ever make. Well, it's easier for guys like us who love the sound of our own voice. That's people, why we got into broadcasting. Well, people want to call out Andy Zilch on this, that, and the other thing. And Shut just, up! Yeah, come on. The guy's doing a great job. Andy Zilch. Give him a break. Andy Zilch is kicking ass. Do you? Well, that's the thing. You can sit there, do it. Okay, come on. Get your ass. Walk up there to that broadcast. Yeah, it's not booth. easy. Call not this easy. game. 
Call the game, genius. You know what you're doing. You know how hard it is to broadcast a sporting event, and you know how hard it is to do it when you don't have a partner to do it with you. It's a lot easier when you can bounce for 30 seconds, catch your breath, regain your thought process because your color guy can carry you for a second. And when you got a strong one, it's tough to do what he does. So I guess we're going to see now that the All-Star break is over if the Cleveland Cavaliers have lost any of their momentum or any of their edge. They had no chance of getting past Boston in the East until they made that trade, until LeBron decided, because he's the GM, as we know, to make that trade. Well, I'm going to point out a couple of things here. Okay. Why I think this is working. Number one, George Hill at point guard. Yep. He seems to just know the perfect balance of when he's got to take a shot, when he's got to let LeBron take things over, it's working with him. Just uh, young, He's just young enough. He's got championship pedigree, and he can play. He Isaiah is Thomas key. needed the ball all the time, and it wasn't ready to share the ball. He's and the key had, to that trade scoop. And Rodney Hood mm-hmm. as well. 42% shooter with the Jazz. Mm-hmm. There's some people who think because he's on this team with LeBron, he's still got a hot hand. He might get to 46, 47%. He's going to get better shots. In the late season in the playoffs. And, you know, Cavaliers could do some damage. It could be fun to see this team against the Golden State Warriors. So the Cavs can beat Boston. Whereas now. I don't know they would have got out of the first round. We'll find out here the rest of the season. You know, uh, how many games they can win in this final batch of games here and position themselves for the playoffs. But I I don't know they would have got out of the first round the way they were. I thought that based the way they were previously constructed, I thought with LeBron would will them through the first round and their toast in the second. Now I think they can make a run. And everybody who wants to gush all over Kyrie as a Celtic, just wait and see. I, I I don't you know he's great in the regular season. Boom. Made a big shot for the Cavs in the in the finals. Okay, but lead this I, team in the playoffs. There were so many times where he did not make the shot in the regular season. There's so many times when he could not carry the team when LeBron needed to sit down. And I don't know. I don't think the Cavs have that problem. Get back now. to me. Get back to me. When you go to seven straight NBA finals. Oh, and by the way, when you do it with two different teams, completely different rosters. Go ahead. What do you think about this whole thing that's been floated out there about just taking the best 16 records? No. It's it's almost like, all right, let's dream up a rule to that's directly a result of LeBron James. It's because... And it's, if it's like they're worried like he's going to go to the West yeah. and the West is going to... Have all the best teams. That's right. It's like directly a result of how much of a dominant force he is in the league right now. It's because it's the league is so top-heavy in the West and so light and weak in the East. However, if you're paying attention in class, the Philadelphia 76ers, if they with the plan they've had in place, they're getting better. You're looking at a team that I think is going to go on a sustained run of being decent. The New York Knicks, if Chris Depps Porzingis gets healthy and this current general manager and everybody they have in place now making basketball decisions, if they get through this rebuilding process, which is two to three years away, which leads you to a much older LeBron James, he might be out of Cleveland and in the West Coast by then. That's also going to age the Golden State Warriors, 
who inevitably also with cap space issues are going to break up that team. James Harden will be older. I still don't think Houston goes anywhere based on defense when you get deep into the playoffs because it's a Mike D'Antoni coach team. Ultimately, I think that some of the weight that's in the West is going to shift back over and it'll balance out a little bit better. So you're going to make this hasty decision to switch the playoff format and then you're ultimately going to regret it because it's going to flip back the other way. The law of averages says, you know what I mean? Things always kind of yin and yang go back. There's there's a power. The power is in one place at one point in time, but inevitably it will switch back. I mean, you've seen it a million times. So I wanted to go off on Facebook a little bit. Yeah. Because our timelines are just filled with garbage. Okay, now we talk about Russian bots infiltrating Twitter and Facebook. CNN has an interview with the woman who was contacted by Russian agents and she just denies that the Russians were even involved. We have lost our humanity to some degree Mm -hmm. and our ability to be human beings to one another because we are somewhat sheltered in our little space with our computer, we feel we can say anything to anybody and it's shocking and it's disturbing. And it's the things that are said about these poor kids that have just gone through a shooting in Florida, the things that we say to one another, the things that were said about Billy Graham in the wake of his passing. Whether you agree or disagree with his, his religious philosophy. I always say you can be right. You can be a hundred percent right. Like this guy on the No Hospital Downtown Facebook page who somehow threatens to kill people, but they didn't really mean it. He didn't really mean it. Really? He didn't really mean it? Then why did he say it? He's allowed to just scream fire in a loaded, in a a crowded theater? You know, I can't, so I I was a member of that group. I left that group. I blocked that guy. I don't know that guy. But when I see you on Facebook sharing something, I saw a video today. Some kid comes in and he's MFing his teacher, threatening to beat up his teacher. Okay, why do I want to see that? Why do I want to be outraged? What, what is my outrage going to change? Am I just going to jump into the echo cha- chamber and go, kids these days, they don't know video games, there are these Facebook groups out there that do nothing but post political clickbait and emotional clickbait. And they're constantly trying to manipulate you. And when I see people share something from a page like that, I I love that I can now, thank you, Facebook. I love that I can now go in there and block that group because I, I, what, what is the motivation of a group posting a video of a kid MFing his teacher? It's purely to outrage and get clicks. It's to get clicks. It's to monetize your outrage. You are being manipulated. I don't want to see that. I'm not denying somebody free speech by not wanting to see that. Facebook is my kitchen table. Very often, I'm looking at Facebook at my kitchen table. Am I going to allow somebody to come into my house and sit at my kitchen table and Say disturbing, vile, ugly things to other people. Get the flip out of my house. It's ridiculous. Now, I like that I can go in and I can just, I don't want to see that political stuff anymore. With some people, I put up with it because I love them and okay. 
It's just that person. But it's it's everybody. And it's like, why do you do that? Why why do you succumb to these people who are trying to manipulate you emotionally? I want to see a cat video. Mm-hmm. Okay? Maybe that's emotional manipulation because I'm saying, oh, look at the little kitty licking the dog's face. Oh, isn't that sweet? Okay, that's fine. I don't mind that. But I don't want to walk around all day feeling outraged. I don't want to log on to Facebook and be upset. I understand you may feel the need to vent your spleen about (laughs) gun control or gun rights or the Second Amendment, okay? But you know what? I'm scrolling past. I'm scrolling past. You can sit there. Scoop scrolling. You can sit there and chatter away to your echo chamber and everybody who wants to agree with you, Democrats, Republicans, Gun owners, anti-gun people, you can do all that, but don't forget your humanity. LGBTQ supporters or those that disagree with that lifestyle. You can be right. You can be 100% right, but if you're an asshole about it, all anybody remembers is is that you're an asshole. Scoop swearing, scoop scorcher, continue. That's all anybody remembers. You can be the most correct person factually on earth, but if you are a jackass about it, Nobody cares that you were right. That's they right. They just go, man, that guy's a jackass. That guy's a jackass. And you do a disservice to a point that obviously you feel impassioned about. So don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to your point. You know, I, didn't we, did we learn anything from Martin Luther King Jr.? No, we did not. Did, did we? No. Can we... Can we just remember our humanity when a bunch of kids get killed and not start accusing them of being tools of this party or that party within days of a a shooting while they're going to funerals? Can we just listen to them? Can we listen sometimes without speaking, without being masturbatory? You know why we like to speak so much is because it's an endorphin rush. It feels good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about myself. People love to do that. It's an endorphin rush. It's a buzz. And you know what that is? It's masturbatory. Yeah. You're reaching down in your pants and you're wanking yourself off. That's what you're doing. Why don't you listen instead? You can't learn nothing when you're talking. Listen. It's as, Listen. It's as simple, and I'm going to feed the beast that's going off right now, my boy Scoop. It's as simple as something my grandfather used to say to me. People need to put their feet in somebody else's shoes before they run their mouth. I just can't believe how cruel we can be to one another. I'm on Tumblr a lot. Actually, Tumblr is my favorite social media. Mm -hmm. And somebody posted something the other day, and it was allegedly from a girl who was being uh, bullied by anons. And one of the things you can do on Tumblr is you can allow anonymous questions uh, from people who don't have to sign their name to it, essentially, with their screen name. Now, I've been a member of Tumblr for a long time, for years now. Uh, but I never liked that. Now, I understand the appeal of that, because, you know, you can write some girl and go, I think you're cute. Mm-hmm. You, you got pretty eyes. Or sometimes, fellas, you, you say things that are much more inappropriate. <laughs> nice boobies. <laughs> yeah, you know. I understand the appeal of that, especially to a teenager. You know, sometimes you're scared to say things and it's it's okay to be behind that shroud of anonymity. All right. I understand why that's appealing. But this girl had killed herself 
She committed suicide after this bullying from Anons. People are saying, why don't you just kill yourself? What? Why would you do that? What is wrong with you that you would say that to Why someone? would you even think? And it's gutless for you to that. do that anonymously. So one of the first things I did when I joined Tumblr was turn that off. Turn that off. Don't use it. I don't need to speak to anybody anonymously. I want people to come at me with their name. And when I want to talk to a pretty girl, I do it with my name. I'm going to put my name behind it. You know what? That's a great picture you took of yourself. You know, I'm, I'll put my name to it. I'm not going to be chicken shit and then anonymously torture somebody. My God in heaven, we have lost our humanity. It's we true. have to be kinder to one another. It's the only way we can ever, and we have to listen to one another. We may not agree, but we got to figure out how to make everything work on this basketball we're floating around on. And we got to get along and we got to work together. That's what we used to do here. Democrats and Republicans would work together. I'm an independent. Okay, so I got friends on Facebook who are spewing the left wing and spewing the right wing. Well, I don't want to just delete all those people. So I, I see both sides, but I think a lot of people I know, they settle into that echo chamber. Yep. And, you know... That president of ours, boy, what a jack-off. That president, nobody understands our president. He'll never get a fair shake with the media. Blah, 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 blah. And then they just all echo, echo to one another. You're not listening. Whichever way you fall on this, whether it's politics or anything else, the First Amendment gives you the right to free speech. We all know this, but it doesn't allow you a defense from the consequences of your ignorant yeah. ass words. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. Can, and I don't want to. I, I don't deny someone's First Amendment rights by simply not wanting to read that stuff. You've got a right to say it, but the, for, you know, freedom of speech is really to protect you against the government taking advantage of you because of something you said. Can I can I make a point to what you're talking about with all of this crap that you see all over social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Snapchat, wherever it is, and that mental masturbatory clickbait? Go right ahead. I need to make a confession to you. I actually fell for that earlier today, and I would like to tell you exactly what that was. Go ahead. I'm, I'm curious. 67-year-old Jane Seymour posed for Playboy. And it sucked me right in, Scoop. Have you seen her? Not in a while. In general, you would think to yourself, I don't know, even at 67, I would want to see a 67-year-old woman naked. Oh, there are some hot 65-year-old women out there. She is a fantastic-looking 67-year-old woman who takes pride in the fact that she has not had any type of Botox injections. Well, uh, that's what she claims. Plastic surgery. I, don't know or I always believe that stuff. Now, she didn't go completely naked, okay, very provocatively dressed. Uh, there were a couple of shots where there was a little nipple slippage. So you're saying it's clickbait because it was the nudie stuff and it got you to click? Or why? why uh... Well, because I wanted to go, is she really completely dressed? There's not a little bit of a you-know-what shot. I want to see more than the boobs here. I'm curious. I'm not going to lie. Because, be honest, would you want to see it all? Uh, well, probably, you know, I mean, I'm I'm curious, just like anybody else, like any red blooded American male. But I don't I don't like it when somebody's phone like Jennifer Lawrence gets hacked and then suddenly her private nudie photos are all over the 
the internet. Uh, that I don't want to look at because I okay. think her privacy has been violated. If a 400-pound, 22-year-old woman came in here who probably hasn't landscaped her lawn in a while and said, hey, do you want to see it? What would your reaction be? Uh, if she asked me to, if I wanted to see it, I'd probably say yes. Really? If yeah. Why the hell not? If she's showing it off and it's show and tell time. See, I'd be more inclined. I don't care. I would be more inclined if sixty a 67-year-old Jane Seymour came in and said, Well, sure. But in general. That goes without saying. Removing Jane Seymour from the conversation, if I it was, was any random 67-year-old woman, I would probably go, I would rather not. I do have a certain curiosity <laughs> about anything. <laughs> me too. Oh, I lied about the 400-pound woman, too. I'd want to see that, too. Just, all right, if you're going to show me your boobs, let me see them. Well, I, that's how they get you, too. It's you just know? curiosity. Well, it's like, it's so funny. They'll have the little picture down there, and it'll have, like, something, you know, you won't believe what Rebel Wilson looks like now. You'll gasp when you see what Rebel w Wilson looks like now. You know, Scoop? You know? It's been... Kelly Bundy. Remember her? Yeah. You know? And then they look like some picture, and like, you know... And then half the time, it doesn't even take you to anything related to what they said it was going to take you. With all of the different places that we have taken this podcast, and I know we're probably at a point where we're going to wrap it up. We haven't done one in a while. I just want to point something out. We started this podcast <laughs> practically in tears talking about something serious. My son, his brain surgery and everything else. And look where we are. We got the full gamut of uh, human emotion here. Please be nice to one another. Amen, my brother. Give, give. Your fellow man, a little benefit of the doubt. Give your fellow man a little help. Be nice. Help out. Be we, kind. We all got to help one another out. Be decent. It's, it's one of the best things about us is in the wake of things like Houston and the hurricane, when people got to help each other. Absolutely. Stella, the snowstorm Stella, Stella, last March, when you got guys coming up and down the street on snowmobiles Getting people out of their cars and taking them home. That's what we do. That's that's an American, a human thing that we do. And we can only seem to do that in the wake of human tragedy or natural disaster. Why can't we remember those same basic principles in everyday life? You know, I, I mentioned this on ESPN Sportzilla this Sunday. You know, the poor father showing the phone picture of his daughter who shot in the school shooting in Florida. And he's got a Trump shirt on. So everybody, you, you know, you made this happen because you voted for this guy. You know, this is your fault, too. There's a time and place for everything. The guy and the guy at the time didn't know his daughter was dead. He's looking for it. And now she winds up dead. Why do you say something so horribly cruel? As a fellow How father. How can you sleep at night? As a fellow father. You are a terrible human being. You know, you're having a terrible moment. I don't want to condemn you. But be more civil. As a fellow father, you are a father as well. I don't care who he voted for in that moment in time. The man, the man's about to find out he lost his daughter. That's the end of it. I, I be just, kind to him. What is wrong with people? My goodness. Just remember uh, the moral to the story. Uh, let's wrap it up here, Scoop. And we talked about this a little while ago. Is even though there is a lot wrong with some people, don't forget. There is also many where there is a lot that's yeah, right. Yeah, we went, from, we went from the people being really good to being real dickheads. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, let's put a bow on this thing. We'll catch you uh, next time. Rants about the random ESPNUR.com all over our Twitters and Facebooks. 
at Scoop16 at K-Rock Rain at ESPN Sports Hill. Enjoy it. Go Comets. <laughs> yeah, I love that you threw that in there. <laughs> Rants about the random life, sports, and Utica. The more of your long stories, all right? Yeah, people aren't used to boring podcasts. From the station bringing rants about the random to the world. ESPN Radio Utica Rome. Utica Rome.